0: Ciao ragazzi, hope you're all doing well and that you're all having a great day. As always, likes, comments, and subscribes are always appreciated as they do help out the channel immensely. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. Get ready for a very weird news day once again. I'm not sure what's going on in the cryptocurrency space. But yeah, for those of you not looking at the screen, it says Ethereum drops almost 6% and loses 1,700 US dollars. This one says Uniswap price falls below $9 after it was met with a sell-off. What's next? Question mark. This one says Bitcoin loses $23,000 after failing to retain 24,000 market in red. I'll give you One gigantic guess as to why the market fell. It's a really easy one. We've been correlated. Same thing's been happening over and over for about the past nine months. Every time they fall, we also also have issues. However, in the really popular news today, the expectations of the merge, a long-awaited improvement to the Ethereum network, is the primary factor for the recent rebound in cryptocurrencies. This is according to JP Morgan, which thinks that the market has found its bottom despite low trading volumes. Bitcoin and Ether have increased by 35% and Ethereum increased by 101% since mid-June. Isn't that insane to think about? We look at prices, or I'll tell you, I look at prices sometimes, and I'm like, why are you not higher?" completely forgetting that in six weeks, Ethereum is up 101%, and the overall market value of cryptocurrencies has regained $1 trillion, according to CoinMarketCap. In a Monday note to clients... JP Morgan analyst Kenneth Worthington, that is a very rich sounding name, primarily ascribed the shifting economics of the cryptocurrency market to the planned Ethereum merge that will switch the blockchain to proof of stake. He said, what has helped, we believe, has been more limited new contagion from the implosion of Terra Luna. It is now believed that, widely amongst analysts or people who whatever, uh, they believe that the Terra Luna fiasco was actually the main reason for our market collapsing. I don't know why that would have been the main catalyst. I think people tend to look at the cryptocurrency market more completely as a whole, as opposed to uh, there's Bitcoin, there's Ethereum, and then the bucket of other coins. But alas, apparently that put the fear of the Lord into the cryptocurrency market, and we fell as such. I mean, also many other protocols were also collapsing, but I still think that those were done from someone behind the scenes because the collapses were way too close together, and that doesn't typically happen within the cryptocurrency space. But the news that JP Morgan believes that uh, prices have hit a bottom, found a floor, uh, basically thanks to Ethereum, and therefore at some point would be moving back up and would not be falling any much more dramatically lower than we're currently seeing right now has uh, uh, gotten the optimism of a lot of people who are in the market as propped it back up as they believe, you know, uh, price moving up and all that other stuff. In more surprising news, but it's not surprising at all. That was sarcasm, but there was no sarcasm in my voice. Stocks closed in red on Tuesday with NASDAQ leading the charge lower. And losing down, closing down for a third consecutive day. Things got off on the wrong foot early on after Micron issued a revenue warning that dragged down chip stocks and weighed on the overall markets. A lot of tech stocks began to fall quite heavily yesterday, and we've seen before in the past, in the long, long ago, uh, that there is a correlation between us and tech stocks in particular. I think I understand the general correlation, even though we are currencies and worldwide payment methods. I still get that we are techie in this manner. Uh, So they fell. The overall market is down. For those of you not looking at the screen, it's all in red. Like everything is in red. It's not only certain things. The Dow and S&P 500 fared somewhat better, but they slipped as well. Up next is inflation data. Investors overall are in wait-and-see mode ahead of the latest consumer price data due on Wednesday. That is today, boys and girls. Yes. So the same exact mimic, the same exact mimic that we had a couple of weeks ago. The stock market was in green. The cryptocurrency market was in green. The day before, we had inflation data. I believe it was two weeks ago at this point. It wasn't last week. Stock market wasn't red, cryptocurrency market wasn't red. I make my same normal usual joke, only one place it can go, either up or down, Uh, but if we get actual good inflation data, i.e. Uh, job reports come back, they're doing okay. We get more earning reports, I believe, today as well. And if inflation data from the Federal Reserve indicates that, they do not see an explicit reason to continue raising interest rates as aggressively as they were doing before. I think we still have the one in September to look forward to, and maybe that might be the end of it, who knows. But depending, literally depending on what they say today, markets will move because of it, if the stock market moves lower, we will also be moving lower, and I'm making sure to put uh, emphasis on this simply because I saw a lot of people posting on Twitter yesterday, and that's why I posted on Twitter yesterday. A lot of uh, and I and I air quote here analysts uh, within the space uh, saw that the cryptocurrency market had fallen, and they were they were very. Very quick to announce how weak the cryptocurrency market was looking, how bad things were looking, how drab the cryptocurrency market was compared to where it just was a couple of days ago. And I was like, sit down. Always. It's always the exact same. Nothing has deviated from the last year and a half or dare I even say two years. As the stock market was pumping, we also were pumping quite aggressively. There is some type of correlation that has happened. We are in the throes, in the arms of the stock market at this moment. And if they do well, if they begin to pump, a lot of analysts we also heard earlier from this year, this year, other banks and institutions saying that the Fed cannot raise interest rates forever. Like This is a mathematical thing. You cannot do so. Uh, People will not take out credit cards and will not take out loans for homes with a 14% interest rate. I'm sure someone was like, yeah, that's definitely true. It's not going to happen. At some point, they have to ease off because the market has cooled off like they wanted it to, and they have to go back to what they were doing before. We are still in the same system from 2008, 2009, with it, where the Fed has to print money to kind of keep everything propped up. That's the system they got themselves caught in. And it's also the system that benefits us greatly as well. So all stock markets are down right now, even the ones in Asia, even the ones that are beginning to think about trying to open today. Their futures are also in red simply because everyone around the world has to wait for one plot of land. Isn't that the weirdest thing in the entire world? How other markets around the world aren't simply autonomous and they wait for the information from one place on one street. How odd. So, prices are down in crypto, but they're not like down, down. Once again, it's not like a down by 38% day. It's like some coins are down by 1%, some are down by 2%. Ethereum was actually in green before I started the video, which I found... Interesting. There's a lot of Ethereum-focused news. I don't think if you're not into Ethereum or simply rolled your eyes at it years ago, I don't think you get how uh, popular/slash important this this upgrade really is to the space. Uh, Never forget. You may not like Ether, but you sure as heck should be betting on it because if Ethereum skyrockets to three or four thousand based on the merge or even the day or two after your coins will also do exceedingly well as well. So anyway, that's all the price news that we have right now. We'll see what happens by the end of the day. You know, fingers and toes crossed and all that other stuff. And yeah, let's move on. Now, here's the, like, mixed bag of news, because the news is... The, the last couple days, I'm not sure what's going on, but the news is really all over the place. Hot on the heels of an official announcement from USD Coin issuer Pay, Stablecoin giant Tether has now officially confirmed its support behind Ethereum's upcoming merge upgrade and switched to proof of state consensus. The announcement came on the same day as the stablecoin competitor who pledged they will only support... Ethereum's highly anticipated upgrade. In a 9th of August statement, Tether labeled the merge as one of the most significant moments in blockchain history and outlined that it will work in accordance with Ethereum's upgrade schedule, which is currently slated to go through on the 19th of September. They said Tether believes that in order to avoid any disruptions to the community, especially when using our tokens in DeFi projects and platforms, it's important that the transition to proof of stake is not weaponized to cause confusion and harm within the ecosystem, which is exactly, for those of you who missed the last, like, five videos, you shouldn't have, but it's okay. Uh, There is someone who has announced that because he uses mining equipment to mine Ethereum, that he is going to be uh, fork-splitting the Ethereum blockchain, basically making a new coin, which they're calling ETHPOW, not joking, ETHPOW, Ethereum Proof of Work, uh, because he wants to continue using his machines and therefore they're going to be splitting the chain. So now we have Poloniex, which is owned by Justin son, the guy who created Tron, has announced that he is going to support it. But I also wonder why, because of the country connection. If you look into it, there's a definitely a connection between them two. And was it Bitfinex? It's a bit something. <laughs> Some other crypto exchange also announced their support. However, <clears throat> now the larger uh, exchanges and coins are coming out and saying, nope, we will only be exclusively supporting the uh, main Ethereum chain for it. And this is significant because if we can, I'll, I'll put it to you in two different ways. This fork split, this chain split would be detrimental to the entire cryptocurrency space. I announced a couple of days before why that would be. It's basically because years ago, a lot of people got into the space announcing that they were Satoshi or that they knew Satoshi or that Satoshi was talking to them. All those are not jokes. And that they needed to uh, chain split Bitcoin. And this is why we have Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Cash Satoshi's vision and Bitcoin Diamond and Bitcoin Gold, etc., etc., etc. This caused the price of the entire market to drop because it caused confusion for people who were trying to get into it who did not know which one, air quotes, the real Bitcoin was. If we have another situation where we already have Ethereum Classic and current Ethereum being able to differentiate between the two, Ethereum Classic is the original one, but Ethereum is the current chain that has the most consensus on it, what have you. If we have another fork of the main Ethereum, the number two coin, this will cause the market to go into disarray. So on the investor side, people would have the the free airdrops of these new coins and they would go, yeah, free money. But on the other side, your coins and your entire portfolio would probably drop by half over the course of the next week as confusion began to ensue within the cryptocurrency space. And it would take a good three, four, five, six months for everything to move back up. Yeah, see? So the airdrop sounds kind of nice from like a free money perspective. But then you realize the rest of your money would also suffer for at least half a year because of this nonsense. So we're getting a lot of uh, heavyweights, if you will, within the cryptocurrency space coming out to announce uh, their support uh, for the main Ethereum chain. So we will see where all, all the people are coming out within the next couple of days to also show their support. I assume everyone it's Ethereum. I think anyone uh blocking the or how do I say this uh standing on the side of the fork split for ETH pow uh probably has some other alternative motives. When it comes to making money. Anyway, that's the Tether is confirming that they are going to be backing Ethereum, the real chain. And let's move on. Also in news, I, I, I don't know what this was supposed to be. This was super popular. Thailand is reportedly preparing to amend its law on digital assets to tighten the oversight of the crypto sector and empower the Thai Central Bank to oversee the sector as well. Right now, the Central Bank has no room to enter into the regulatory framework except for notifying that cryptos are not a legal means of payment for goods and services. Thailand is reportedly planning to amend its law to tighten the oversight of the crypto sector. Thai Finance Minister explained that the planned amendments to the country's crypto regulations will bring the Central Bank to be part of it. Bloomberg reported on Tuesday, he added that the Thai Securities and Exchange Commission has been asked to lead the regulatory overhaul under the current rules passed in 2018. The securities watchdog has the sole mandate to supervise the crypto industry. This was news months ago. Like, I mean, I don't know which video it was, but I feel like this was January or something like that. We had news. It was Thailand, Singapore, and another country in that region, don't remember which one, who had all announced that they were trying to shift Uh, power, basically, uh, to their SEC in some sort of way. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was Thailand who announced that they were... uh, Hear me out here. I think the power was meant to go to the central bank because I believe that the Thai family controls the central bank. That's what I remember uh, absorbing through the internet. So... Uh, a lot of people were like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe it! How is how is this happening? What what are they? It's it's money. If the cryptocurrency sector to us looks like it's going to be around for a very long time, the people who control money in many other countries also have a clear indication that this is going to be a sector for a very long time. So they're trying to get control over it right now. The power of decentralization is very strong." But people still continue to give power to the the people who are already in power, taking away power from us. But that's just how things go. So in the future, in many countries, it'll be completely normal for the central bank to control Bitcoin, which makes no sense because that's not the point of it. But yeah, so um will help regulate. I'm, sh- I'm sure they only have the best of intentions. I'm sure the Thai central bank cares only about their citizens and, you know... Uh, this was popular news. I didn't really understand why. I'm pretty sure we got this news before that there were plans of doing this. Uh, so wonderful. Yeah. Regulations. You know, they're always, they're always for the people. <laughs> can't, can't make that mistake. Uh-huh. And without further ado, let's moving along. Also in very popular news, like, geez louise, guys, calm down. On Tuesday, August 9th, crypto exchange Coinbase reported its earnings for the second quarter of 2022. During quarter two, the company reported a loss of a staggering $1 billion. Coinbase's loss per share stood at $4.95 against the expected $2.65. Besides, the company also missed its revenue estimates with quarter two revenue at $808 million versus the $832 million expected. Uh, so long story short, uh Coinbase announced that they didn't make as much money as they thought that they would, or they had done previously in other quarters. Uh, and it resulted in a, a $1 billion loss. Uh, the stock fell by 10%. A lot of people began to lose their minds. I hope that we I hope that we are in a situation where uh because Coinbase stock falls that Bitcoin also doesn't fall as well. For those of you who were not here during the dark times, uh, there was a point where Coinbase's stock fell and Bitcoin also fell because people could not differentiate Coinbase from Bitcoin. They assumed that they were one and the same, and if that Coinbase does terribly, Bitcoin must also do terribly. Very dumb times, and I just read please not you in particular who's listening to this cuz i assume you have a general basic knowledge of what bitcoin is but i mean the world is just not up on it so uh this follows news of uh and i and i don't necessarily myself believe this news uh, this is this follows news of insolvency from coinbase For those of you who have not been here in the cryptocurrency space for a while, there are a lot of mean-spirited people within this space uh, because they have nothing, nothing better to do with their time. I assume they have no friends and just, you know. Anyway, the point is, uh, there were rumors going around last year uh, that Binance was insolvent and they had no money and they were going to start restricting people from taking their money out of their exchange. Chang Peng Tao then had to come forward and say, "Nope, sorry, we, we we actually have tons of money, but thank you for trying to lie on us." About a month or so ago, a lot of people began to say the exact same rumors about Coinbase, uh, basically saying that they were insolvent, they didn't have a lot of money, and I and I at some point was like, "It could be," but they're also Coinbase; they're a multi-billion-dollar company, and I didn't exactly assume that that was the case. And then the news that we got that BlackRock, uh, the the eleven trillion-dollar uh, whatever, uh, had partnered exclusively with Coinbase to give their customers Bitcoin. That wiped any you know news of insolvency away from my head because BlackRock would have stepped back immediately and said, no, I'm sorry, we're going with someone else. We're simply going to be doing it ourselves. But they still partnered with them. We got that news relatively uh, recently. So I assume the Coinbase insolvency news was definitely a lie that was being thrown around to... Try and once again scare the market because once again no friends, no life. I just do something else like take up a hobby like puzzles like maybe like build cars, maybe work out, go for a jog is there like a river near you go for like a little walk by the river like find the beach or something just like do something that's fun and 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 you know takes up your time as opposed to trying to cause fear in the market. I don't understand the the methodology but but behind just trying to outwardly be a terrible person so. The news, very popular news, is that uh, Coinbase reported a $1 billion loss. I have a feeling if it was something around like $350 million, maybe even $400 million, it wouldn't have made news. But the $1 billion sounds significant enough that it has to kind of be popular, if you will. So yeah, I'm sure that they'll bounce back. Uh, Coinbase is not the only stock that has been falling. If you have not been paying attention to the stock market in the last like year or so, uh, they also were swept up in that as well. And luckily, there was very few news earlier this year as all stocks were falling, the stock market and Coinbase included, uh, that said, oh, Coinbase is falling because typically we get a Bitcoin's falling without actually tying into the fact that the world markets are reeling in and reacting from inflation numbers. So I'm sure that Coinbase will do just fine for those of you who are worried. That's the Coinbase news. And let's move on. This is, I mean, I'm doing like that, uh, like, mind-blown, like, pew, 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 uh, gif. This was so popular, it's absolutely insane. This was everywhere as well. There's someone online who started talking about the Ethereum uh, upgrade, but he referred to it as the triple havening. For those of you, first of all, halving is not a word. Uh, the idea is, for those of you who know what a the Bitcoin halving is, uh, the Bitcoin halving is basically uh, every four years, Bitcoin's issuance rate, the amount of Bitcoin that comes out of the machine, gets cut in half. Ethereum doesn't per se have that, but they have had uh, issuance rate drops over the years just through I think general network consensus or whatever the case might be. Years ago, I believe it was 10 Ether. No, no. I think it was 50 Ether that was coming out per block. Then it went down to 10. And I think it went to 5. I think that's the current issuance rate. I, I can't give you the exact number uh, per se. But here we go. The Ethereum merge is drawing past each day. And so there's a recovery. And so there's so the merge completed. A Twitter thread from Spryze. That's surprise. Without the sir, co-founder Montana Wong has outlined the upcoming merge um, and how it would greatly benefit Ethereum and its holders. The triple having or havening, as people say online, as he puts it, is a series of things that happens with the network after the thread will be drastically what after the thread that will drastically. Is is that a sentence? Okay, taken from the term Bitcoin havening. It basically refers to an event that reduces the amount of supply in the market. For Bitcoin, this happens every four years with the slashing of block rewards in half. For Ethereum, this can only happen with important upgrades such as the merge. The first having event that Wong highlights in the thread is moving from proof of work to proof of stake. Now, everyone listen very closely because we got these numbers earlier in the year. And I think that people are only going to start paying attention now that we know that the merge is allegedly... Uh, coming our way. Uh, however, with the move to proof of stake, the network no longer needs people mining the coin, but it needs validators on the network who require more than 99.9% less power to validate transactions. Since it requires less energy, fewer rewards are paid to validators. This will reduce the issuance rate of Ethereum from 43 to 0.4%. I believe that that is less than Bitcoins. We've seen before in the past, during other upgrades and other consensus momentum moments, when we had Ether's issuance rate drop, Ether popped up in price. There's already not a lot of Ether out there. We've seen a huge amount of Ether being locked inside of the 2.0 contracts uh, locked inside of other coins and other protocols and other things. You name it. It's something out there. There's tons of ways for you to lock up your coins. And then you talk about the actual issuance rate. 4 to 0.4 is nothing. That's like dust. Especially considering that the only way you will be able to make new Ether is through... Ethereum 2.0. There will be no other way. It's that or nothing. The second part of the having mentioned is something that is currently running, but ties directly to the reduced fees paid to validators. EIP 1559 was the Ethereum upgrade that removed a third of all transaction fees from circulation. That was the burn. That was the, uh, we saw the actual chart of Ethereum's uh, coins burning And we were getting, what was it? It was like millions after the the course of a couple days or something like that. It was something absolutely nonsensical how much Ethereum was being burned. So basically, it piles on the already reduced fees. With fees already 10 times lower post-merge, another 33% is going to be taken out of circulation, further reducing the supply of Ether. The last one is the lockup. Here's the craziest part to me. This is what made the, the most popular news part. The last one is the lockup period. So basically, you can already stake in Ethereum 2.0. You basically are putting your coins into an Ethereum 2.0 smart contract that will at some point unlock and give you all of your rewards. So let's say you are staking Ethereum or Cardano and you get your uh, rewards once a month. As Ethereum is not on 2.0 and that part of the upgrade has not happened yet, if you have been staking for, because it's been over a year now that you were allowed to stake in the contract, you're basically going to get all those rewards at one time. That's kind of the idea. The last one is the lockup period, where that comes into play. Currently, ETH is being staked ahead of the merge, which cannot be withdrawn. The stakers get rewarded with about, I think it's between four to seven percent annual for doing so. Now it is expected that the staked ether would be available for withdrawal post-merge, hear me out here, flooding the market with ETH, but this is not the case. A little-known fact is that withdrawals are not implemented into the merge upgrade. The developers had actually declined to do so, so they could focus on the merge and then build out withdrawal functionality later. Hold on. This means that even after the upgrade, stakers would not be able to remove their tokens. I heard someone just hit their table. Withdrawal functionality is expected to be added about a year after the upgrade, and it will be in a queue. For those of you who don't know what a queue is, because queue isn't typically used in America, it's a line. So it's first come, first served. You are the first person to enter the queue to start staking. You get your coins out first. This was... So this is why I... Reading is very fundamental, because a lot of people simply don't do it. Years ago there were many protocols that claimed or were proof of stake. This is 2015, 16, 17, 18. You were able to simply mine the coins, if you will, on your old computer. There were many coins before the actual proper implementation of this, uh, so-and-so. And the idea was, is that you stake your coins in the network to validate transactions. Cool. However, They noticed a lot of these earlier coins, uh, if the price of that coin began to fall, people began to take their coins out immediately. There was, you know, right then at that point. However, when you do that, the network literally suffers. The point of the protocol is for you to keep your coins in there to continue validating transactions and secure the network. If the price drops by 20% and 90% of people take their coins out, the entire protocol basically falls apart. To stop this, around 2018, a lot of coins began to implement like a timer. So you can put your coins into the network to stake them or validate them. And one of the first ones to do this was a, was a, a network called Steam. Uh, I I think it was S-T-E-A-M. Not the video game platform, but like there was one another crypto one called Steam many, many years ago. The idea was you would stake your coins in the Steam network, but you were told beforehand, if you put your coins in here... You cannot take them out for... I, I think it was a three-month waiting period. And a lot of people freaked out. My coins, my money. And it's like, no, you don't understand. This is the cost of moving to proof of stake. If you don't have money to have tens of thousands of machines running in your house at the exact same time, you need, because these people will not be unplugging all their machines at once, y- there needs to be some kind of a, a fail-safe to make sure that in the event of prices going down... The network remains secure. Imagine if Bitcoin was on proof of stake. I'll put it to you this way. Imagine Bitcoin's price during the beginning of 2020 fell from 20-something or other $1,000 to $3,000 based off of panic. Can you imagine how many people would have taken their Bitcoin out of the network saying, oh, I need to secure my own money? Bitcoin would have actually collapsed. Not only price-wise, but the network would not have been secure, allowing it to be open to a network hack. And then we would have no more Bitcoin, and the entire cryptocurrency market would have suffered as a result. So the, 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 the payoff from the other side is, I don't have 10,000 machines to be able to make Ether. However, I'll lock it up in the protocol. When I say reading is fundamental, is because this was mentioned a while ago. Years ago, and I'm sure a lot of people did not pay attention. We've known that when you even just generally, even after you are able to actually withdraw your coins, once they're like, you know, that period cool has passed the day after and you put your coins into it, there won't be an immediate withdrawal period. It's because people are very fickle and they get very scared very easily. But the Ethereum network is essentially a gigantic protocol machine. It doesn't care about your fear. If everyone took their coins out at once, the protocol would collapse. And I know there's one person behind there, behind this screen, who's saying, well, you know, well, Avalanche would simply take over or, or Lumens would take over or Solana. The entire, if you see the, the two major coins moving the entirety of the market up when they go up. What do you think would happen to the cryptocurrency market if Ethereum collapsed? The point is, this is a very significant time in our space. There's going to be a huge learning curve for a lot of people who have gotten into it. If you at some point plan on staking your Ether, especially doing it through a cryptocurrency exchange... Send them a message beforehand to get as much information as you can before you lock your money into something. There are a couple of other protocols that allow you to stake your coins and kind of take them out almost immediately. A lot of these networks are not as safe and secure as you would think that they would be because the point of proof of stake is you literally need the coins in the protocol to secure the network. And the funniest part is A lot of people think that they can simply be greedy enough and take their coins out first. By the time you've taken your coins out and everyone else is doing the exact same thing right behind you, the price would have collapsed and you would have nearly nothing in your hands. This is very popular news. I think because people are figuring out that the the delay of actually taking their coins out, the the, the staked already coins is going to be a while but the actual staking inside of it this is why we see institutional support because they know what's going on they've done the research and they understand what, what it means to put their money inside of it they're looking for the long-term payout we're still talking from institutions talking about a fifteen thousand, thirty thousand dollar ethereum if that's what happens in the next five to ten years and you have tons of Ether, and every month, every week, I'm not sure of the frequency of it, you're still making passive income from something that you bought for $1,700, it's worth it. But only banks and institutions really typically see the... I know there's someone out there who definitely sees the vision, but a lot of other people do not. This is going to be a crazy time in our market. This is why I was saying before. If we don't hit a three dollars or $4,000 Ether, I would be shocked... This is this is going to be some really crazy event. The issuance rate dropping, the amount of coins locked inside of it, the coin burn that is going to be, I mean, the coin burn that we have now is already crazy. We've seen a a drop in coin burnage because the usage of all networks has fallen a bit because of the lull in all markets. It is going to pick back up. The coin burn is still exceedingly high. ...because of the thousands of coins that are built on top of Ethereum right now. 4.3 to 0.4. It is going to be one of the best times... ...and I I assume that we will see the, the full effect of it... six months to a year after the actual merge has happened. And people really understand exactly how scarce this is... ...and how it's being used for everything on the network. We don't get a lot of news like that anymore... And I think it passes by or over a lot of people's heads. They simply think that Ethereum is just like, you know, you you, know, you want to build a coin, build it on top of it. You need Ether for everything on the Ethereum network. That's what makes it so special. And that's why the coin burn is so high. It's locked up into so many different protocols, especially other, what do you call them? Um, it's, it's not staked coins. What's the thing? Wrapped coins are also a really big thing as well. Wrapped coins and other protocols and there are tons of wrapped Ethereum. You have to stake the Ethereum inside the network to have it on top of other protocols. Those wrapped coins cannot be used. The amount of ETH actually out there isn't, or is, is already not that high. So just get ready. This was very, very, very popular today. I think one, because it's a wake up call to a lot of people who don't read, but also the fact that the issuance rate is going to be collapsing along with the coin burn as well. I, I think it's going to be an actual frenzy, but we'll see when the time I, I I think about once again, 20 to 15 days before we should see the like people really understanding that they have to, you know, do what they need to do. That's the Ethereum triple having or happening depending on how deep you are in the cryptocurrency space news. And yeah, let's move on. As always, a very special thank you to my Patreon supporters, GBU Wally, Manny Cryptos, Bubble Mode, Crypto Gambino, How's Life Austin, Auspicious Agile and Blockchain, Jamie Saad, Blockchain Simplified, and Let's Move On, Empire Queen, Roman Geba, Bitcoin, Ben Arachno, Dave, Tony Ambroski, The Dealer's Den, Captain Something in the Z Way, Lay, Mobarazzi, VB Nerd 21, Miguel Grolay, Lauren De Silva, Biddy, Troy, Allgood, Space Case, Need a Miracle, Patrick Noster, Navarro Williams, Utopia 569, Moonman, High XRP, Martin Steuer, Nostromo, John Sarson, The Animal Rita, Bibliophobia, Todd, whoa, what was that? Todd Mullis, Adam Graysick, Wise Night Owl, 242 to the world, Bank Network, Crypto Artist, Coldy3D, Setsuna, Richie Rich III, Paxis, Nick Gialavori, Jim Gardner, Jeremy Fox minting coins. Yes to crypto. Bodie McBoatface. Anytime Fitness, Monks Corner staff. Bake me a cake. Tigger and Nisa. on crypto with Lionel and Crayola. Michelle URL. Thank you all very very much for your support. I assume where you are as well is probably also a heat wave. A little over it. It needs to end right now. It is still the beginning of August, and I'm like, please just just go somewhere else because. My body's tired of it. Thank you to everyone who left a like, who left a comment, who has subscribed, uh, who's a nice person. And I mean that genuinely. I see so many rude people within the space, and it's always nice to see people who uh, have a genuine heart. Bitcoin at the moment is down by 3.4% in the last 24 hours. Ethereum is down by 52 Ethereum is still up. Technically, in the last seven days, by 2.4%. It's at 1677 Once again, we've still done exceedingly well price-wise just over the last six weeks. So the prices here don't bother me too much. Uh, Binance Coin is up by 10% in the last week. A lot of coins, you get the idea. They're in red. I don't think anything has really bucked the trend. I think Flow was... Near Protocol is up by 26% in the last week. Chainlink is up by 13% in the last week as well. Cosmos is up by 7%. Flow is still up by 50% in the last seven days off of the Disney news. Algorand is up by 4% in the last week. Decentraland is up by 4% in the last week. Theta is up by 11 in the last week. Quant is up by 18%. Elrond E Gold is up by 8 Zcash is up by 19%. There was no Zcash news, but clearly something is happening behind the scenes with that as well. And Phantom is up by 12% as well, as is the graph in the last seven days. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the Fed today, with inflation numbers. Uh, Because, yeah, it's clearly controlling the entirety of the market. I do hope that you've all enjoyed. I do hope you all are having a great day, great morning, great afternoon, great evening, wherever you are, wherever you might be. I hope it's absolutely fantastic. Thank you all once again for watching, listening, liking, and or supporting. And I will most certainly be talking to you all soon. See you!